Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Subtle Interference. I'm your host, Bob. I'm your other host, Alex. Not in the room. No. Worth noting. We'll get into it. Joining us today, special guest, Erica. Yo. So I'm trying to make sure the baby's still asleep. I know. My my Your my, very loud intro definitely stirred her and I was like, please God no. I do this so much too. Like I, I just have that tendency to do that pop at the start of things. You're excited, Robert. It's all right. No one's gonna hold that against you. Mm. So so Alex, uh as I said in the start, you you're not here. Yeah, do you want to talk about why? Do you want to get into it? <laughs> Just start right at the front. I mean, what else I mean, is there really to talk about? We probably should explain why in God's name I can't come over there. So, um, now anyone who's listening to this in relatively real time, which probably means a week from now, um, because we are just that damn good at posting episodes. Um, hey, that's a pretty quick turnaround for us, all things considered. <laughs> um, anyone who's listening in real time is aware of the situation in the world, but for anyone who may be listening to this in the distant future, uh, right now, um, the distant future, a good, yeah, somewhere. the year 2000. Oh, you've never seen Flight of the Concord. No. Because you're a monster. No. So, yeah, for Rebuild in the Future, if you're listening to this, um, the Subtle Interference podcast somehow ends up being the one podcast that survives in perpetuity <laughs> into the aliens find Subtle Interference really episodes. <laughs> There's so much good wow. content. Wow, way to cut ourselves down, Erica. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just picturing myself in the Road Warrior Wasteland and like, you know, by some random happenstance, the podcasting network doesn't go down or whatever. Hey, and you're, you're cruising gonna, if, like if in your fucking like war rig and then you're scrolling through and the only thing that works is us. I got to tell you, hey, I'd be a little disappointed. Erica, if you're in the Road Warrior Wasteland, let me tell you something. You're going to listen back on this podcast and you're going to be so freaking nostalgic. You're going to be like, <laughs> remember... Back when Donald Trump was the president, God, those were the days. Yeah, I don't know that that's how <laughs> it's going to happen. But... So, so, you know, we're, we're currently stuck um, in place uh, in the state of Illinois. We ha- There is a shelter-in-place order given by the governor. So uh, we are not supposed to leave the house um, for anything other than Frivolous essentials. reasons. Right. And, um, and walkies. And walkies, so which is nice. We got the park right next door, so we can. It's just very cold out, so it's not that cold. It's cold. You know, we don't need to get into the cold debate right now. But so yeah, so Alex is it's actually pretty warm. Yeah, it's pretty warm. I think it's warm. Yeah, I mean, it's been a warm winter. I will give you that. Yeah. I went for a run last night. You did. It was about this temperature. It's actually a little colder. My hands got cold. I'm sorry. The gloves I had were not very good. Anywho, um, so Alex is uh, Skyping in. Uh, We are practicing social distancing. Erica and I, if either of us have it, we have definitely given to each other. So such is life. And all that that entails. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just let your mind wander, folks. Wander. Sorry, Alex. So, yeah. Fun times. 
had here in Illinois and uh, in the United States and the world. Yeah, just just a really. just a grand old time right now. Um, but so when you when you guys have and we're gonna be doing some talking over each other because we can't see each other, so it kind of is what it is, unfortunately. I did but, try to video chat, but you were like, I'm not doing we that. We do shit. we do that anyway. We like Bob never gets a chance to talk. I interrupt him constantly, so it's that's fine. why when I do talk, I talk for like five minutes straight <laughs> just to get everything out because I'm like, I'm not gonna get to talk again for another thirty. Now, when you guys were still going to the grocery store, were you having the experience of, like, tons of stuff being missing, or were stuff generally there? No. Uh, so I went to, there's a Trader Joe's not far from here. And Trader Joe's is fairly, it's all over the place, right? Everybody knows where Trader Joe's is? For I think people it's a grocery generally store. know of Trader's, it's, Trader it's Joe's. It's owned by the same people who own Aldi. It's kind of a, 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 not a specialty store, but more of a special. You're not going there to do all of your grocery shopping. Yeah. The frozen section there looked like a bomb went off in it. Yeah. Like, the racks and stuff were all, like, pulled up and shit. It looked like people came in and were just grabbing, like, whatever they could get. Um, and this was last week. This was before... Uh, uh, this is, like, not this last Thursday, but the Thursday before that. Um, uh, where else did I well, go? Well, because remember I said, I said to you, like, we should probably go out tonight, and this was Wednesday... Mm-hmm. And we should have gone out Wednesday. Well, that was for paper products, but we were okay on TP, and uh, uh, we weren't we weren't okay on paper towels. No, um, but yeah, it's been like you go to the grocery store and pasta's gone, paper products are gone, uh, bread is gone, milk. I don't think it's been as bad. No, milk was like gone. Um, beans, rice, gone. Yeah. Uh, lots of produce still there. Uh, one of the things, I follow a lot of uh, food personalities and uh, folks from uh, the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen because that's just my life these days on uh, uh, social media. And um, they're going through just a lot of tips on how to, like, you, you've got all the shit in your pantry that you've never used. Now's the time. Or if you did end up getting some produce, this is what you can do with it so that it'll last. Um and it's just like you can't subsist just on rice and, and carbs alone, unfortunately. Yeah. So, well, I do think it does raise a couple of interesting points um, that the vast majority of Americans are not prepared for a crisis. No, no. Um, and so a lot of people went out and they're like, well, we got to buy all of these things. We probably should have had a stock of, you know, in a bin in the basement. Anyway, even a bin in a basement, I think you should have, even if there's a snowstorm or something, like a couple days worth of food to get you over. You, you need a you need a stockpile. It doesn't have to be a huge stockpile, but you need something. Well, and it helps to know like. I've been taking a lot of the time, and I knew how to make bread before, but improving yeah. my bread-making skills. I mean, you can do bread with just flour, water, and yeast. Mm-hmm. and I mean, salt would be nice, too, but you don't need a lot. It's that and then time. And if you know how to knead dough by hand, it's not a fun exercise, but you know, our KitchenAid mixer was... Uh, uh, we need to get a part for it because it's a little busted, but you can hand knead bread. There's stuff that you can do to make the stuff that you can't buy at the grocery store. 
Like, the pasta aisles have been, like, cleared the fuck out. You can make pasta at home. It's fairly simple. Yeah. It's a little bit of an... Maybe it's not a simple process, but it's, it's, it's not... not if, if, I could, if I didn't have the KitchenAid, um, and certainly if I didn't have a roller at all um, and a cutter, it would be very difficult. I think, though, if you have a rolling pin and you have a knife... I mean, you can do it. It's not going to be the best, maybe. Maybe it'll be a little thick, but it's you could still do something. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting because, again, people just aren't prepared for an extended shelter in place, and um, which is why you see people um, going out every day, and people don't want to be inconvenienced. Um, well, that's what more of it is. And, well, you know, a lot of idiots out yeah. there who are like, well, I had this plan, so I'm still doing it. And it's like, all right, I have canceled, like, everything. We were supposed I to- didn't go snowboarding on my work trip. <laughs> it was for work. Yeah. The biggest deal right. of all the deals. But, like... Let's talk about my sacrifice here. <laughs> my sacrifice. Um, remember Creed? Oh, they were terrible. Um... <laughs> Uh, 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 what, I was supposed to go to a play. Well, I was supposed to have people over today to play D and D. Um, uh, uh, just yeah, we had a lot of just stuff that you're supposed to, you know, just to see people, and it's yeah. been nope, nope, nope. Well, and to your guys' point, that is really the key thing. It's not so much that people aren't prepared because look, like no one, you know. Other than some doctors, no one knew this was coming to this degree, right? But I think there's two things at play. One, there's an over panic. Like, yep. I don't think, I don't think for the most part, stores are going to have problems keeping things in stock, except when people go there and they buy up like 500 eggs at the same time, which they shouldn't even be letting people do anyway. But well, what I've seen is they do, they did start putting up like you're only allowed one. Like thing of uh, uh, what you call it, water, you know, the pallet of water bottles. You can only buy like one of those. You can only buy one gallon of milk. Yeah. Because you saw pictures of people with like an entire shopping cart full of milk. It's like, um. That does. I don't want to alarm you, but that doesn't keep. Right. It does go bad in a few weeks, dude. Like, and where are you gonna put it? You got that big of a fridge? And are you like Arnold? Who's drinking all this fucking milk? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Just you saw a lot of stupid purchases because it's it was. And like, if you are going to run out of toilet paper. Jump to the shower. OK, yeah. well, I do want to I do want to talk about that. So sure. but, but hold on. So it, so it's one of them is people are just panicking because they're quite frankly dumb. And two, it's what you hit on is that people do not want to be inconvenienced by anything. And the most obvious example of this form of stupidity was I had the news on the other day, and this was after this was before the shelter at home thing, but it was basically like, hey, don't go and be grouped up with people and everything. And there were like, there were probably they had a video of twenty to thirty people at the beach hanging out, and it was like, you people are so stupid. This is actually in crazy, just crazy levels of sheer stupidity. And they interviewed some of them and they were like, oh, well, you know, 
we're not that worried about it. Who cares? I'm 20. I'll be fine. That's not the point, dummy. Exactly. That's not the point. Well, and even even still, even if you're not that, like, the point you're getting at is if enough people get it, it overwhelms, it eventually will overwhelm the system. But the CDC came out and they said, you know, yes, we're worried. Clearly our top priority is um, keep making sure that the hospital system isn't overwhelmed. Flattening the curve. Right. What we've all learned. Flattening the curve. What they're saying now is, hey, dummies, like a very large percentage of the, the severe cases right now are people under 50. Um, you like, you, just cause you're young, it doesn't make you immortal. And it doesn't make you immune either. No, it is more dangerous for people who are older, who have certain pre-existing conditions, but, but you can get really fucking sick. And then if yeah. you go to the hospital and they don't have enough ventilators, that don't mean you're getting one. Right. I don't think people really understand where, where the actual like problems lie. And granted, you're 20. You're a dumb fuck. I, I apologize if anybody is younger and listens, but the majority of people, you're not thinking about other people. We were all that way when you were younger. It just, it is what it is, fine. But I also don't think you're getting very good messaging from the federal government, who still doesn't seem to take it very seriously. Well, this this is kind of something I wanted to get into here, was the lack of national leadership. Bob, the way they, they every single press conference... They're packed around the podium, like, ten deep. Like, what? You guys are so fucking stupid. Like, you're so stupid. The optics of this are just, like, you don't care. You don't give a shit. Yep. You, I hope you all get it you and you see, all die. Did you see the little video clip from yesterday, I think, where Trump makes a deep state joke and there's a doctor behind him? Dr. Just Fauci? Like, yeah. Yeah. Just face like, palms. <laughs> Yes, that is the description of what happened. Yeah. He's just that so... poor motherfucker. He's trying he his like, best, man. Oh, he's trying. He's doing whatever he can. He's trying his whatever best. you do. Listen to Doctor Fauci. Do not listen to the orange idiots. But the, the, therein lies the the problem. No one, no one takes Trump seriously at all. And so even if he was giving, um, good advice and good direction you would just assume he's lying right um and the only people who would who do listen to him only listen Are to him when anyway you know he's saying what they want him they want to hear but it, it, it's if you look at the united states response which has been frankly pathetic um for are for this country which should be able to handle this i wouldn't say without a problem this is a big deal like there was no way this was going to be easy but we should have been able to handle it yep uh, versus south korea and you have a couple things that there are a couple of uh factors here that i think are worth discussing and and one is in south korea if the government tells you to do something you do it but the government isn't telling us to do anything or didn't tell us to do anything. But even, here. well, they are. Look, the governor says stay at home. People are still oh, going see. out. I see. Yeah. You know, people don't listen to the government here. And I think that's a mix of two things. One, uh, 
they don't trust the government. Um, and two, they just don't want to be inconvenienced. Um, and it, we haven't, I mean, let's be honest, you know, up through the eighties, a lot of this country was worried per, uh, perpetually about being nuked to death. But by and large, this country has never, has not dealt with a really serious crisis in which people had to on this actu- kind of a scale on this kind of scale for the whole country right where people have to actually make sacrifices since world war 2 cuz there's been crises you had yeah. katrina you had 911 there there's been shit yeah just not on the level of which this it affects the whole country and exactly. the crises that we have have it have been tangible mm-hmm. you know as much as you can talk about how the poor response from the federal government to Katrina. Which you could talk about for a long time. You can see tangible things going wrong in New Orleans. You could see the flooding. You can see dead bodies floating through Bourbon Street. Like, that's tangible. Well, they kept most of that off the, the TV because they didn't watch it over. But this is hard for people to wrap their heads around. It's like, you know, how many people do you know who have gotten coronavirus? Um, and they keep saying, you know, oh, the uh, the death, the fatality rate is like 1.4 to 3%, somewhere in that range. And people don't think it's a big deal. But, you know, the CDC is saying, like, they expect 60 to 70% of the country to get it at some point. Six, one, 2% of 60 to 70 It's a lot of people. That's a ton of people. Yep. It's like two million people. Well, and I I read a stat today. I can't remember the exact stat, so I'll just go ahead and spread around some misinformation as well. I mean, that's a time-honored American tradition, Alex, so you go right ahead. Sure. But it was basically um, uh, the first 100,000 confirmed cases were over a long period of time. It was something like, you know, a month or more than that. And then there was a there was a window in there that I don't remember the stat at all, so I won't even try. But the last one hundred thousand cases have been in the last three days, like so. It is spreading really fast now, and it's only going to spread faster. Well, there's a couple of things, and there's going to be. I, I I really can't wait till we're on the other side of this, and the academics have had time to study this because you're going heads. Yeah. You're going to get, it's going to be fascinating, um, the documentaries and the literature that come out of this. Uh, Because as Erica is very keen to remind everyone she talks to, rightfully so, they haven't tested people. I do say that to pretty much everybody that I've spoken to during this. But that's, you see a lot of that too on... Again, I've been on like Instagram like entirely too much and Twitter entirely too much during this stuff. But you see people saying like, "I have flu symptoms. I'm you know just hanging out at my house. I called the CDC. They said if you're not severely sick, just yeah. stay home. Don't bother." There's a lot of people not getting tested. We're never gonna know how many people actually had this. Right. Yeah. And well, that that was like, um, you know, for us. We, turns out, we had a secondary exposure. Someone who we interacted with interacted with someone who tested positive for it. So we called our doctor, and our doctor said, well, you know, 
probably you're probably fine. The risk is low. And you know, if if the tests had been available, they probably would have said, "Yeah, come get tested." Um just to be sure. But the test isn't available. Right. And they need to triage them. Right. And you know, I'm not mad at the doctors about that, but I am mad at the the federal government for not preparing. Especially when you hear that they were briefed about this back in January yep. and a few senators' decision upon hearing that information was to go and dump stock. Yep. Where they are should, the guillotines? If, if there was any sort of accountability at all, all those people would be removed. But it, nothing will happen. Nope. nope. Well, and what I, I mean, was, that's like the definition of insider trading. Well, what that's what Martha Stewart went to jail for. But here's the thing. And this is what I, I got this from someone I uh, I know who's a lawyer. It would be insider trading if like it was their company or, you know, but because of the fact that they're senators and it wasn't about a specific company or something like technically what they did is legal. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't be allowed to own stock if you sit in the Congress. You you shouldn't. Your sole source of income should be your paycheck from right. the United you, States. You should not be allowed to... Because you, you get way too much information and it's just not fair. Yeah. The one thing that I genuinely hope comes of all of this, and I know it won't because this country is garbage, is that people finally wake the fuck up and realize just how fucked we are. Just on a day-to-day basis. How there's these rich motherfuckers who do not give any kind of a rat's ass about you while you're scraping and dying out here to provide for your family. And they have it all, and you've got nothing, and there's really no reason for that. Well, and that's... So, what's interesting about this is, you know, people are being sent... They're being told they can't go to work, um, and... You know, I, I get it. For a lot of these people, that is a huge problem. Uh, Look at the restaurant industry. It's going to be obliterated by this. Devastated. Like, I think I read somewhere like 7 million people unemployed in like the snap of a finger. Yep. Well, and that's the other thing you, you got to talk about. Because it's like you get so many people. I'm getting up on my soapbox now. Who are like, oh, the burger flipper at McDonald's. Fuck, we were talking about this the other day. Yeah. Fuck them. Why should they make $15 an hour? I only makes X amount. You're underpaid too, dumb fuck. Like, just because somebody works at Jewel or cleans, you know, hotels for a living, like they're the housekeeper, that does not invalidate their work because it's. I think you see it as it, if the job is menial. It, That's, it, it comes down to two things. One... People should be treated with dignity regardless of their station, right? Um, Yes. Is a burger flipper at McDonald's a lower value position than a doctor at a hospital? Yes. I'm not saying he should be paid like a doctor in a hospital. No, no. But but that doesn't mean that they're they're worthless. You should be paid a living wage. Two, look, why are they panicking in Congress trying to get these checks out to everybody because if these people don't have money to spend, the people in power won't get any money because they rely on people spending money. Yeah, it's so, weird. That's how the economy works. From, so, what, from what I'm told, Bob, I know it's a lot of, I, I can't keep yeah. track of all the, the comings and goings, but if you don't have money to spend, 
So, you know, it's like all these things are quote unquote non-essential, but it's pretty essential for these people to have enough money to put back into the economy. And let's not even get started talking about how these people's health care is tied to their jobs. If they had it at all working at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Well, we and we could attack this from so many different angles, but to what you were talking about a moment ago, I saw a little Twitter exchange as you know, people go to to say dumb shit between that is um, what that website you know, is exclusively for <laughs> pretty much between Braun Strowman, WWE wrestler and evil Uno, AEW wrestler. And pretty much it started with evil Uno was saying, you know, if you can try to support your indie wrestlers because they're going to be struggling, you know, buy merch or whatever. And Braun Strowman had to chime in with some sort of thing like, you know, why are we, you know, trying to help people who don't have jobs or could be doing more for work and this type of thing. Yeah, I saw that. And um, I thought the most interesting point of the whole thing was David Starr, who's been trying to unionize wrestlers forever to, you know, complete failure because people are dumb. And he... He basically said, like, you know, no matter what you guys think of Braun Strowman and he's being paid a lot of money, he's underpaid just like we're all underpaid. And that's the key part for all of this is essentially everyone in almost every field is underpaid. Oh, yeah. Criminally so. Relative to their value. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did get a chance to uh, we figured out a way to watch AEW now. So I I heard that this week's episode. I thought it was really good. I heard it was good for all things considered. And to what you guys are talking about when it comes to restaurants, I think one of the problems I'm seeing is restaurants aren't adapting fast enough to what happened. I mean, they're doing, you know, a lot of the restaurants are doing pickup. Mm-hmm. But to me, if you're like, let's say you're any sort of restaurant in Illinois, I don't care if you're a big restaurant, a small business, whatever, you sh- they should be all going to delivery. You know, because a lot of people aren't going to want to leave their houses to go pick up, you know, our favorite food, Hooters. And rather than depending on, you know, delivery through whatever app you might use, to me, Hooters should be going, should be trying to go straight to people. You know, like if I call up, um, you know, Lou Melnati's, they're not using some third party service to deliver. They're using their people to deliver. Right. And that's the same thing. Something like Hooters should be doing. Like you have all these waitresses who are essentially out of a job at the moment. Why not tell them, Hey, you know, we need X number, number of delivery drivers each day. Do you want to do this? You could at least offer it as an option. I, I do think that I think you get a point there, Alex. Um, but I also, the flip side of it is um, as much as we want to continue to support um, our local businesses, your local Hooters, your local Hooters, um, people should not be ordering out. Well, I I mean, I, I agree with you and, and, but people are going to, people are going to, but people should not be ordering out these, these waitresses and these delivery drivers, um, should be staying at home. Um, and this, because this is a national crisis, they should be taken care of in some way, shape or form. Hey, you know, that sounds like 
that sounds that like so. Thing. That sounds like socialism, Robert. Because you know what they, they they're forced to go in like because they're they've lost all their income. So you know Hooters says, all right, we'll do delivery. Um, you know it still only takes one person in that restaurant on the line who actually has it to spread it throughout the rest of the restaurant for the people who are coming in. Look at what um you know numerous articles have come out in the last few days of delivery drivers who are terrified of getting sick but Amazon's calling them in. Amazon's hiring like crazy and all the press is oh look you know they're they're creating jobs. You know the wealthiest nation on the planet should be able to address a crisis and yes it is going to have a lasting impact um if you still vote for this idiot come november you deserve everything you fucking get that's all i'm saying i mean and people are people are scared um people are are looking for leadership um and you know the people who aren't should be fined and potentially jailed if they don't follow those orders and that's the thing. And other like, infringing on my freedom. South Korea, Singapore, they both had huge potential for this going off the rails in those countries, but they didn't because people one they followed it um, because they had good leadership, and they knew that there would be consequences if they went against the government, um, and. Now, you don't want your population to live in fear the whole time. Don't you? But a little bit of fear, especially amongst white people. White people have no fear of the government. They're just like, ah, eh, we can get away with anything we want. So, Well, I did read that in Illinois... Spring break. Sorry, in no, Illinois... It's okay. In Illinois specifically, there is apparently a law related to this sort of thing already on the books. And if you if you say you have the virus and you go out of your and they tell you, you know, stay home, don't do anything, don't go anywhere, try not to spread it around and you go out when you're not supposed to. That actually is a class A misdemeanor as it should be. But you got to enforce it, too. And the problem right. the problem we have in this country is there's 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 going to be if the problem any society has is. If enough people don't follow the rule, the rule has no meaning and you can't enforce it. So like if 20 million people just say, ah, we're not following the quarantine, you can't go arrest 20 million people. It's not feasible. Right. Well, I've already heard, um, you know, the Illinois governor Pritzker, he's already said, you know, we're saying shelter at home, but we can't reasonably enforce this. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's, but... That's the problem, you know. It, it you're the government should not be in that weak of a position to not be able to enforce that. Well, and also, yeah, it's is it slightly inconvenient? Is does it suck to have to sit in your house for two weeks? Yeah, but it's toward the greater good of something. Suck look it the at, fuck up. Look at China. China is you're saying a, it incorrectly. It's called China. China. Um, China is already reopening stores, like. They're they're on the tail end of the. I mean, they're going to be dealing, <clears throat> as with every country, you're going to be dealing with this. They're saying for like eighteen months or so. Oh yeah. But 
they've gotten to a point where they can start their economy back up and they can, you know, with precautions and being more careful and maintaining social distancing and all that fun jazz, but they can get back to work. They can start doing things again. I fear we're a long way from that because we can't get our shit together. You know, what's worse, shutting things down for two weeks to a month or being like hobbled at 80% through August or later. And people don't care. Like, what was it? Fucking Laura Ingram. I think that just abomination of a human being. She's a hard seat. Yeah. Um, she was saying wow. on Fox the other night, we need a date for when this is over. Yeah, I saw that. How like let's can we can we can we take can we break that down? Can we break that down for a second? Like that's that's not how anything works. You stupid no. bitch. What are you fucking talking about? We need a date. Oh, yeah, let me ask the virus when it plans on, you know, <laughs> being done. How fucking stupid are you? Go fuck yourself. Well, and the Tesla factory that's a that's a critic that's that is an essential service. Like GameStop, right? Like GameStop. Oh, uh, did you hear about what happened with GameStop in Pennsylvania? No. No. So they were doing their shit where they weren't going to close. Yep. So the governor came along and took away their business license. Nice. Well, and, and that's the thing. Actually, and, and those executives should be jailed. The same as Elon Musk. He should be jailed for not closing the Tesla plant in Alameda. But, Bob, he's an innovator. Well, that's just it. He's way too rich. We, we can't do that to him. And they're terrified of him picking up and going somewhere else. But these people should be jailed. And they're not. But to, my, to something I want to get to, and this is kind of tied into what Erica was saying before, if this does not make the general public realize how powerful they are, that you could just say, I'm not going to go out to eat. I'm not going to buy shit I shouldn't be buying. That that could topple our economy and the rich fucks who don't give a shit about you. We are much more powerful than they want you to know. Yep. And this is well, proof of that. Everyone knows this, though. It's just no, they don't, don't, though, Alex. Self- I think people do, but they don't have any self-control or they're dumb. I think, I think that those are two very valid points. I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, we've been, I'll tie it into video games. We've been joking around forever. What started the fucking DLC craze on video games? Horse armor on Skyrim. <laughs> fucking horse armor. That's what started all of it. Seriously, people paid $2.50 or whatever it was for what was essentially a recoloring of a skin. <laughs> it was like, worth every penny. <laughs> and, and, and it wasn't like a small amount of people. It was millions of idiots. Well, and, and there's honestly, there's not there's nothing wrong with buying something that you want and that you have the means to buy. That you have the means to buy. And right. since I've been home, because when uh, Izzy was born, we decided it would be best if I stayed home to, you know, be with her instead of sending her into, putting her into daycare. It was something that we were fortunate enough to be able to do. 
But, okay, I can't buy every dumb little, like, fandom thing that I want to buy anymore. We have to have a conversation about it. Are we good with this? Or you have to have the conversation with yourself. Is this something that I need? Yep. Do I need this right now? Mm-hmm. No. All right, throw it on a wish list and, like, maybe in the future you can get it. Right. But you definitely don't need it right now. Yep. And and and, and there is there is Alex to your point a, a part where the population just needs to be smarter. Um, but this is one of those things that so one of the things I've been seeing online a lot are like people saying, "Why should we be bailing out people who haven't, you know, saved up and didn't put a rainy day fund?" Ooh. A lot of people, a lot of people can't. And that is what people do not understand, Alex. Folks do not make enough money. People are living paycheck to paycheck. To put any money away. Yeah. Well, and and there's also not only that, but this is not a rainy day situation. You know, this is this is a a national crisis. It's hard to plan, like. Even people who are well off are are going are not, are going to have trouble getting through this if they can't go to work. I'm I'm fortunate enough to work somewhere where I can work remotely, you know. Right. But if you're a truck driver, you're a restaurant worker, um, or even like a lot of people in IT who are network engineers, like you need to be with your hardware in order to do that job. Mm-hmm. Um. Like these are people who are not going to be able to um, work remotely, and they you're either you know, and they may still have to go in um, to keep the lights going, so other people like me can work remotely. Uh, you know, one of the funniest parts of this whole thing is now that you know so many more people are working from home. Comcast and all the other big ISPs and all their glory decide to suspend data caps. So it's like, wait, there's more stress on your network. And so you're suspending something that you claim is for network management. Mm, It's almost like you've been bullshitting the whole time. You're just trying to make more money. Yep. And you know what? If they were just transparent about it, we wouldn't like it, but... It would be much less offensive. Yes. What's that? We were talking about data caps ah. and how bullshit they are. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. How much of the... Thi- oh, have as much data as you need. Oh, that job that we told you you could never do from home? Yeah, you can work from home now. It's fine. Whole lot of shit that we were always told, oh, can't be done. It's just the way things are. Like, well, that's clearly not the case. Yep. It. I think coming out of this... The world in general is going to to change, and you are going to have places that are resistant to this change, who are going to say, "Well, we did what we had to do for that, but you know, we really don't want people working from home." Um, and I think you're going to get a lot of people who are going to say, "Well, I know it's possible. Right. I did it during the coronavirus crisis, right. so you know, if that's not an option." Now, what what will be interesting? In, and this is kind of um, uh, an unfortunate way to look at it, but it, it's true. Um, there is a, um, you know, unemployment's going to be a lot higher coming out of this. Um, going into this 
crisis, unemployment was very low. It was very difficult to hire people. So people making demands um, could generally get them. Um, in and, some instances, and, sure. And, and, well, in a lot of instances. If you have, if you have, if you have experience and skill um, going into this, in the job market, um, back at the end of 2019, you had a lot of negotiating power if you know how to use it, which a lot of people don't. Um, coming out of this, that may not be the case anymore. And uh, although most of the unemployment is going to be for low-skill jobs, but it, you know, when low, when a recession happens, even the higher-skill jobs are going to suffer. Right. So um, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I don't. I personally am not a huge fan of work from home, but I think um, you know it's uh, it's. It's undoubtable that you can be effective doing it. And if companies don't adapt to that, um, especially in the face of the evidence they're going to get from this couple of weeks, it's going to be um, they could have trouble retaining talent. Well, and to what you were talking about, you know, if we take your job as an example, I know you don't like working from home. But if I was your company, if I was running your company, I would be very interested right now to see, you know, if we do have all the staff working from home that we are able to mm-hmm. for the next, let's say, three months, let's pretend it lasts. If our work quality doesn't suffer and the amount of work that people are getting done doesn't suffer, if I'm the CEO, I start thinking to myself, wait, why, you know, I'm just making up numbers now, but why do I have 75 people in the office with all the overhead that that entails when I actually only need 10 people to actually be in the office who need to be in a certain place to do their job? Mm-hmm. And I can just have the rest of these people working from home and the work's the same. And really, in a lot of ways, people's quality of life is going to be better because they don't have to deal with all the hassle of getting to the job. Yeah. Well, an office space is expensive. That's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about with right. all the overhead. Exactly. I think, though, there, the the big argument against it is that there is a lot lost in uh, remote uh, work that is interpersonal. Um, that I don't think anyone has a really good answer to when being remote. Like, you know, when you're in an office. You know, I if I walk by the VP's office and I, you know, I talk to him for a few minutes, just about anything, you know, that's building a relationship that's good for me, my career. Um, he knows my name. Maybe I bring up an idea that he likes or maybe doesn't like. But either way, I'm building a rapport. When you're remote, I'm not going to just I am the VP and say, hey, you got a few minutes to chat about just bullshit. Right. You know, so there there's. There's definitely There's pros stuff and cons. Lost. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not all pros for sure. Right. And, um, and in, in, so I, it, it's a tough thing. And I know a lot of, especially one of the bigger problems is the people who are in, you know, in charge, the VPs and the CEOs, um, you know, those are things that they did to work themselves up. So, you know, they see it, but they but see now, losing but that now, as a huge downside. 
But now those are also the same people who are going to say, wait, we can get the same amount of work done with having a quarter of the people actually in the office and reduce costs to make more money. I, I, I will say that argument, um, there, there's, there's the other side of it, which is they put a monetary value on personal interaction. And, um, you know, I can't go too in depth on it, but what I can say is working, you know, we had an issue where, um, we were tight on space and work from home was a very serious consideration, but the value of having people in the office is still seen as very high. Um, so even though the work from home thing would have been, um, more cost effective, uh, than what they ended up doing. Um, it's not just at a business, any business, everything comes down to dollars and cents, but it's not always dollars and cents in the way that you think of it. I've had so many conversations with VPs where the way they end up looking at it is very different than how you thought. And, you know, you come into a conversation with a VP and a lot of people, and I've done this too, their immediate thought is, oh, I've got to show them how it's going to cost less. And that is not, I mean, they're always interested in the price, but that is not. Value add is a big thing too. Right. So it's, it's, it's like, it's complicated, but the, the cool thing if we if we want to look at you know there are some silver linings to this whole situation uh for one i get to be home and spend a lot more time with izzy that's been really nice mm-hmm. um but and you know looking at it from the business side this extended work from home is going to give people an opportunity that they would never have had to really try and make it work and to see you know to to solve the problem solve um and I would say there is a big onus on the the workers who are doing this work from home right now to, to make fig- it work. To make it work. And if they can do that and do it well enough, um, you're going to have a hard time arguing against it in the future. Well, and if a lot of businesses off of this. Uh, you know, let's say even 20 or 30 percent of businesses, small businesses shift from in the office to working from home when possible. You know, if you're offered two jobs and one is work from home and one isn't and the money is similar and the benefits are similar, you're more than likely going to take the one that's work from home. Well, because you got to look at everything else. How much am I going to spend on car repairs, uh, uh, gas? Mm-hmm. Where is the how much, how, of, how much of my life am I spending driving there or riding exactly. a train? Exactly. What's my work life balance going to look like? What's the commute look like? Oh no, I think these days if it's work from home or go into an office and the pay is very similar, yeah, you do have to there's a lot lot to factor in. Yeah. Well, that's like that's one of the things that's funny is like when you're looking for you know, if you are looking for a job, one of the things that you know, you have to factor in a lot of things. It's not just base pay, right? Um, and work from home is getting increasingly a bigger chunk of that pie. Um, well, especially if like your commute sucks, 
if the commute is going to be long and you really yeah. don't have the means to move closer to the office, you're tacking on, what, two, three, four extra hours onto your day every day? That fucking sucks. Well, and that, I think, brings up an interesting point, which is uh, the way work from home is viewed right now, I think, by and large, is like, this is a nice thing we let employees do sometimes when they can, you know, versus this is a legitimate, like, work arrangement that is acceptable. Um, and, you know, because the argument always kind of goes back to, well, what if you, if you're, you know, people say, well, if I work from home, then I don't have that time I would spend commuting. I could be more productive, which is a bullshit argument because that would imply, well, people who don't have a far commute should be spending that time working too. Yeah. No, fuck that. No. that that's a, that's a terrible argument. If you ever, ever are trying to convince your boss to let you work from home, do not use that argument. Um, cause you are not paid for that time regardless. Uh, but you, so there's that part of it. Um, or like, and like you said, not everyone can afford to live closer. So I was thinking about it and like just the number of people I know in my office who have really long commutes and like my commute is not short. Um, my commute is pretty long. And if I didn't like the company I worked at so much, I probably would have gone somewhere else. Um, but it, you know, there are people who have significantly longer commutes than I do. And it's mind boggling to me that people spend that much time commuting. And I, why, why are we doing this to our workforce if they can work remote? Because that's the way it's always been. Right. Which is a bullshit thing. It's a bullshit argument. But yeah, that's the way it's done. But you that's know. essentially the primary reason. And I mean, I think if you do work remote, you have to accept that your opportunities for advancement are lower. And you have to be okay with that. But that may be part, that that's part of the package of, well, you get to live where you want. And, you know, if you want to live out, you know, like people who live out in the distant corners of McHenry County, like they want a farm, they want land, and they just happen to be really good at databases. Okay. Well, and look, the reality is, you know, obviously it's job to job, but most people aren't actually working for eight hours a day, even if they're in the office. Oh, yeah. You know? And so if you are working from home and you can get all your work done at your usual quality of work, and let's say four hours, no one knows that, no one cares, the work's done, and then you have your day, you have your day and you've skipped out on the driving, you've skipped out on all the other bullshit. Mm -hmm. You've skipped out on playing on your phone for four hours at the office because you have nothing to do. There, There's a lot to it, and there definitely is... Um... <clears throat> If you can, if you can get um, a good, you can find a way to do work from home well. I think a lot of the reason that work from home gets so much resistance is because managers don't feel like they can manage work from home well. Um, it, you know, as much as 
you know, whatever worry there may be that people aren't doing their job correctly or, you, you know, whatever. It's just managers don't like to manage people who are remote. Um, but if you can if you can find a way to do that, the advantage you have in the in, in business in general would be huge. Now your your potential workforce is the entire country, not just the Chicagoland area or right. wherever, right? You you've now become much you, you've given yourself an advantage. Much more flexible. Mm-hmm. Hey, now we we've talked about this for a while. I want to go back to something that was hinted at earlier. A little bit of a lighter subject. <laughs> now with people going crazy over the toilet paper thing. <laughs> I knew that's what you were gonna say. I've been joking around that maybe and this is only half joking really. Maybe this will finally be the time that America adopts the bidet. You know, I did look at one on Amazon, and they were backed up. People are buying. Ah, they were backed up. <laughs> I see what he did there. So clever. Um, you know, they were like out of stock on several bidets. That I can't. You get, should. Uh, can't get TP. All right, next best thing. Dude, I'm serious. Like, people need to go to the bidet. Alex, have you ever used a bidet? I have not ever used a bidet, mm. but I would. Maybe you should get one. Try it out. Well, they're all they're all backed up, as you said. <laughs> would you use a bidet? Yeah, why not? I don't know. You're gonna be cleaner. Are you though? Yeah. I think so. I don't know. But you still got to wipe the dry. Sure. You camp. But the dry is going to be clean. It won't be a fucking ball of shit. I don't know. I just feel like... Unless it's like hitting you like the elephant shower head. And Bob, why are, why, are, why are you anti-bidet? I'm not anti... I'm just not Sounds sold. like you're very anti I'm just not sold. Mm, okay. <laughs> it's not hitting you like the elephant shower head. <laughs> That's a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got nothing but time. And I've got that whole series downstairs. We should just flip that on. Okay, I was going to ask, since we're now we're in the fun portion of the podcast, <laughs> from all the moved on from all the misery in the world. Now that you have been trapped at home essentially, what have you guys been watching? YouTube. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, a lot of the shit we normally watch. Uh, I've been trying not to have the TV on constantly. Just not only for Izzy, but it's like it, it gets so easy to just get sucked in and just sit there. Um, that doesn't happen to you. <laughs> a lot of Bon Appetit videos. Um, we did watch Knives Out last weekend, which I really liked. Um, I downloaded uh, Left for Dead 2 the other day and was uh, fucking around on that a little bit. It was very cathartic to be able to shoot people in the face. Um, and Bob actually got on on the laptop. We were playing a little uh, uh, two-player. Alex, you should have seen this setup. It was a little janky, <laughs> but it was fucking funny. So janky. And she's upstairs. I'm down in the living room with the laptop. I was streaming the game to the TV through my um, 
my Steam link or whatever that thing's called, uh-huh. um, which failed miserably. I ended up switching back to um, to just a laptop. I hate playing games on a laptop. Hate it. Oh, it's not great. Although I will say this laptop screen is big enough. Um, it's not terrible. Uh, and just the whole. Uh, the whole, like Eric was on a headset and I was on a headset, but we couldn't get the audio to quite work. So we ended up taking off the headset and we were just screaming we were at, just each other, at each other up and down <laughs> for the hallway. That's more, that's more fun anyway. Um, it's just harder to hear. <laughs> um, no, it, it was, it was a good time. And, but I didn't realize, um, that you don't need the dongle. Uh, to connect, if you have a, a later gen Xbox One controller, um, you don't need the dongle in order Bluetooth. to Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Um, which I figured out today, because um, yesterday or when we were playing the other night, I threw the dongle on it. Um, but uh, yeah, because the dongle the dongle is for their proprietary wireless technology. Yeah, but the newer controllers just have Bluetooth as well. Yeah, which is nice. Um, I don't think uh, it's not really a big deal, but I don't think Bluetooth works as well as the regular technology. But it's whatever; just it's easier. Well, you know, I was so today I was trying that out, and um, I downloaded a couple games to the laptop that are you know generally lower weight because God knows this thing is not built for gaming. Right. Um. So I I downloaded that. Uh, Lonely Mountain uh, downhill game, which is, mm-hmm. it's actually a really good game. Um, it's well done, it's fun, and it's hard. Um, so it was, you know, I played it on the Xbox, I played it on the PC upstairs, and I played it on the laptop today. And it, Alex, the game's like half a gig, and but it was dropping frames like crazy on the laptop. I was like, what the shit? Like, did they just make this, like, incredibly inefficient? Um, Because I was, and I thought, well, and so I had the, so last night, or the other night when I was playing, I had the controller connected with the dongle. But then, and so I thought, well, maybe that's something. But then I switched over to playing Tony Hawk on the laptop, which is three times the size of that Lonely Mountain game. And, uh, it wasn't dropping frames at all. It was fine. That's a much older game. Yeah, but still. And if you did you turn did you turn if you turn down the settings on the new game to look like Tony Hawk from 90 million years ago, it's going to run better. Well, but that's the thing, Alex. It's it's not like a really even on even like normally, it's like not a really graphically intense game. I don't know what it was. You know, I can play with hey. these things. Erica, I got in a nice burn on Bob uh, yesterday, I think, that he didn't even bother to respond to because he was probably so hurt. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about something. Oh, he, he told me he was thinking about doing a Twitch Mass Effect playthrough while he was trapped in his home. Yes. And I said, you know, Bob, there are games that exist other than Mass Effect and Horizon. And... He then proceeded to name like four other games that he likes. And I just said, so you've officially named all the video games you've ever played. <laughs> he wasn't happy Next with me. Thing, Bob. 
Sting he wasn't happy at I've all. I've played more games than that. <laughs> I didn't even name the Mario Brothers games. What have you been playing? What about Alex? Pong? Well, before before we get into that, um, I, I did want to talk about Twitch for a moment um, and then Mass Effect because I have to. But uh, I did set up um, a, a Team Puma Knife Twitch channel. Ooh. Um, and I was playing that Lonely Mountain uh, downhill on it the other night. Um, and... You know, it was. I don't mean to interrupt, but why did you guys have to talk about Hooters? Like, legitimately. Like, that's all that I am thinking about right now. Evidently, it's available for takeout. Oh, I'm sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, so what was really nice was, you know, the, the, the PC upstairs is still a pretty darn powerful machine, even yeah. four years later, because um, they spent way too much money on it. Um, <laughs> and it was really nice to like be able to have like the with the two monitors like my game on one and then the Twitch stuff on the other monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, it was You're actually like a pro streamer. Yeah, I mean it was it was pretty legit for uh, for what it was. But the 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 real ups the real winner in all that is Game Pass and having games on both. PC. I don't know, Bob. That's another subscription service. Uh, I think a worthwhile subscription. Now, I will say this Lonely Island or Lonely Mountain game is good enough. I would buy it um, if it dropped off of Game Pass. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. Does this game have online multiplayer? No. So you oh, hate it. God. But you, I Alex cool. wanted to get in there and ruin your idyllic downhill fantasies, Bob. <laughs> I think you should you should down it's a small download, Alex. It's a fun game. You should give it a try. I got a question. Yeah. How come Erica hasn't given nope. the Final Fantasy VII demo a try yet? because uh, I have an infant and I have not had a chance to. Oh, you had time to play Left for Dead too. I needed to that shoot some people in the face, Alex. You had time it to play to your favorite game ever. It needed to happen. You should have seen how much time we put into getting it up and working. Hey, I had it up and working fine. It was everybody else that's always, around that's me that could not get the shit to work. That's your guys' big hassle over there is the setup. <laughs> the setup no, 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 no. no. All, Alex, I was upstairs. I had the Xbox controller in. And it was fine. I was able to play just fine. I was trying to play with a friend of mine, and they took like an hour and a half to eventually just give up and not play. I was playing fine. And then you came in, and you got your stuff fairly set up pretty quickly. Yeah. We didn't have to fuck around with that too much. No, I I did. I was a little annoyed I had to buy the game a second time. To, oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Well, no, because you really wanted to play, and I didn't want to... to bother you. What a sweet husband I have. But, so if you share games with people on Steam um, it, you know that family share. Um, you can't play it at the same time right? Right. Uh, which is horse shit Steam. It's no, it's no Xbox game sharing. So but anyways to Twitch again. So I was sitting here and I was like you know if there's any game that would be fun for me to do on Twitch. It would be Mass Effect because I could talk the entire time through it because I I know the game inside and out. I can provide commentary. 
Um, this could be might... your chance to finally play as the woman. What? Don't you usually play as the guy? No, we don't, we, we don't allow that in this house. No. Oh, I, oh, did I thought the first... I thought Bob was one of those idiots. I apologize. No, I no, no. I did play as male Shep for um, my first playthrough, and <laughs> and then somebody, it was probably one of the two of you, were like, "What are you doing? Play as Fem Shep?" And I was like, "Okay." And I went in, and I was like, "Oh." I don't understand how you even got through five minutes of that dude's dialogue readings. It's so bad. Because <laughs> I like, I was like, okay, you know, I I usually go if I was a woman option, I play through as the woman. I got in. It's not. I got in for like five. Minutes. I don't think it's as bad as you guys oh, say it is. Oh my god, oh, yes so it bad. is. It's but, so bad. So but bad. Jennifer Hale is obviously light years above this guy. Bob, I would contend. That whoever that dork is that did Male Shepherd. <laughs> oh, this like, is our life. Like a baby screaming in the background or something? I'm going to drop off. You guys go ahead. I'm going to go take care of her. I am convinced I could have walked into Bioware with no previous training and done a better job voicing Male Shepherd. Without a doubt in my mind. <laughs> Well, I I think I think it was that guy was um he's so robotic. He was like somebody's friend or something. Right. Yeah. He was so robotic. It was so stilted. And then they go and hire like one of the best female voice actresses in the world. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. It was like, okay, why not just go low quality on both ends at this point? Yeah. No, but thank God they did. Yeah. But uh Well, you know, I, now I, that we have a moment, Bob, I think we should do some technical specs, don't you think? Hold on. I still haven't gotten okay. to the point I was going to do. Okay, I apologize. About I apologize. Mass Effect. Please go ahead. Please Twitch. go ahead. I just figured you could talk about me for Mass Effect for like six hours. Well, I mean, I could just go. I, I can, So, but that's not my. I have actually something specific to say. Okay. Which is. So I was looking at it, I was like. You know, it would. You know, it might be a good time to throw a Twitch stream up, um, just because everyone's at home, and you know, because you know, we're just trying to create content for T Puma Knife and whatever. The people, the people, the people. and um, so I was like, well, you know, Mass Effect would be good. So I was looking at it, and I could do it direct off of the the console. But I really kind of like doing I, like I like doing it on the PC because uh, you get just like much more granular control. Um, well, and it probably looks better on the PC. Yeah, and like you can like throw your logo up. I don't know if you can do that on the console or you no know, overlay. Well, you'd have to use the PC. You could feed the console into, feed the, PC. into the PC. Yeah, which I can do, but. It's kind of a it's pain another in the hassle. It's yeah. another one. Um, so, I was like, "Well, let me just see like how much the Mass Effect bundle is," and Which? it was thirty bucks. And thirty bucks for those three games is actually a pretty good price. But I'm like, uh, going back to what we were saying earlier, I don't really need to spend the money. You know, yeah. I kind of kept it in the back of my mind, but but what like absolutely sealed it for me as not being an option was that it doesn't include the DLC. 
I'm so dumb. How do you how do you put a package game uh, like a bundle together that doesn't have the DLC? You know what's crazy is you think about a company like Capcom and they've done this amazing remake of Resident Evil 2 and they're about to release what'll end up probably being an amazing remake of Resident Evil 3. And if nothing else, we're talking about games with just spectacular graphics, you know, Mm -hmm. and EA can't even be bothered to do a re-release of the Mass Effect series with even just like a higher resolution and a higher frame rate version of the exact same game. Like people would be throwing money at the fucking TV if you told them they could have Mass Effect 1, 2 and 3 in 1080p 60 fps you know but we can't even do that because ea is so they can't do anything over there that anyone wants just i mean so i would argue for mass effect 2 and mass effect 3 you would basically just reskin it um for mass effect 1 i would argue to make some changes to the to the game um uh not just a not just a reskin, but um Oh right, we could we could sit here and we could talk about what we would change or what we wouldn't, but I'm saying from even an EA perspective, they've done nothing. I mean those right. were think about this. What are all the game companies love doing re releases, right? Because it's easy money. Yep. And we've now gone essentially an entire generation and they didn't even re release Mass Effect. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. I'm actually shocked by the amount of restraint that's on display. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, it makes it so mind boggling to me um, that, uh, that they, they haven't. And it's not something that's like being talked about um, because it's just. I, you know, and I know I'm not the only like big Mass Effect homer out there. Like, there are people who love Mass Effect way more than even I do. I I love Mass Effect just as much as you do. I'm just like slightly more in control of my love. <laughs> you know what? You know it's great. Uh, and this will be the last. I mean, thing I, about Mass I Effect. mean, I did probably play Mass Effect two like eight times. Oh, Mass Effect 2. I, yeah, I played Mass Effect 2 so many times to get all the different scenarios. Right. And that was the great thing about Mass Effect 2 is the endings were, felt actually different. Um, yeah, if you if you wanted to just, like, kill everyone, you could, you could do that fucking run. You yeah. You could screw everything up. Yep. Um... Of course, I had to do the run where I literally saved everyone, and that was fucking hard. You had to get everything. You had to mine everything. Um, yeah, you had to know like who who do you put in what job and everything. And then you had like, and in a lot of times in Mass Effect, you know things are pretty obvious, but then there there were there were ones that were tougher in order to get their loyalty. Like Zaid, he was you had to do things that were kind of against what you think you would have to do in order to get his, his loyalty. As I remember, um, that, so yeah. Oh, that came so good. 
but Zaid anyway. was a good example of completely bolted on DLC where yes. everyone else, after you would do a full story mission, you could go and you could talk to him and have a new dialogue. Zaid essentially had like maybe 10 lines max that he would just cycle through. He probably didn't even have 10 lines. Yep. And then he just had his loyalty mission and that was it. Mm -hmm. Like they basically were like, okay, we're going to do this Zaid thing for people to try to entice people to buy DLC. But on the chance you didn't have it, we're not going to make it so good that you feel like you got screwed. Yeah. Or you could just, you know, make it part of the game. Oh, well, that would be nice. But that's back when they were doing all the stuff like the the EA Pass or whatever it was called, where if you, you know, if you bought the game to try to curtail used game sales, if you bought it new, there would be a code and you would put the code in on your profile and then they would give you, remember they gave like all that DLC for free, like weapons and skins and that sort of stuff. Right. And then if you didn't, if you did, if you had bought it used, you'd have to pay for it if you could even buy it at all. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember if you even could. Um, which I thought was, I, I'm I'm torn on that one, um, because it's like, if you're if your goal is to keep people buying new, um, you're trying to get away from the secondary market. I mean, I guess it would work, but I also think like. When you buy something, you should own it. And, you know, you can't sell DLC. So, that's always been something that's bothered me in the video game market. But, hey, I have one last thing to talk Mass Effect, and then we can move on to technical specs. And uh, that is, I think it was it was either yesterday or the day before, <clears throat> I saw Bioware tweeted out, happy birthday, like third birthday to Mass Effect Andromeda. <clears throat> Oh God! And I don't know why they would do that. Because... <laughs> why would they want to remind anyone that, that game even exists? The replies to that tweet were just a desolate wasteland of the worst of humanity. I it just because it's like if you don't if you don't like something, why? Why do people feel the need to like jump on and say this sucked or you know wh- whatever it's going to be like you know how by how you EA knows it sucked it's cuz people didn't buy the game <laughs> yeah and they didn't buy DLC that was definitely the dead giveaway um you don't need to like go on and just be negative for the sake of being negative um and then but then you know I feel I I do kind of understand those people a little bit because then you have the other side of it. It was just like, this game was massively underrated. And, you know, it was just all the trolls who said it sucked. And da, da, da. and then, so if you're sitting there and you read that, you're like, no, this game was actually bad. And you wanted to, you feel like you want to defend your position. Um, now, granted, I, I have no, um, I, I don't, I never played it uh, because I, I, everything I read was, it's a fine game, but it's not great. And, I, you know, at that particular point in my it, life... It's pretty mediocre. Yeah, I, I didn't like, have time I, for a mediocre game. I probably played, like, a good 10 to 15 hours before I gave up, and I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, well, and that's really telling, like, you know, if, if you're giving... I like to finish things. You're right. 
unlike me. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, it was it was not good. The characters weren't interesting. The graphics were bad. It didn't. The gameplay wasn't that much fun. It didn't have anything going for it. And they had this whole thing like you would always go to a planet and you'd have to like go around the planet on the vehicle, you know, the ground vehicle. And it was better than it was in say Mass Effect One, but it still wasn't fun. Right. And it was just it just wasn't a good game. And I tried. I put a good 10 to 15 hours in, I would say. And I, I fucking tried. And it wasn't fun. And the worst thing I always I always hate when you hear people say stuff like I always remember with Fallout 3, someone told me once they were like, well, you got to keep going because it gets really good after you're about 10 hours in. It's like I don't want to spend 10 hours of playing trash to get to the fun part. And you know. people people do that with TV shows too. Oh well, if you get past season one, and it's like, I'm not gonna spend that time. I, yeah. Why are people spending that time? It just doesn't make any sense to me. So if 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 you couldn't hear that. Erica just pointed out that uh, Final Fantasy 13. somebody told her if you get 24 hours in, that's when it starts to get good. And that <laughs> that's just a ludicrous amount of time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's like, I, but it's, you know, it's just, while I had no interest in buying the game, I feel like me not buying the game was enough of me making my point that I was not impressed. Um, you know, I can understand it a little more if you bought the game and you found it to be bad. Like, the only thing you can do is bitch about it online because you can't return games. Um, but, I don't know. Yeah, my my I kind of knew going into it I wasn't going to be particularly good. But my hope was because the multiplayer was actually really good in Mass Effect 3 that I thought, oh, well, at least the multiplayer will probably be good, right? Because that's where they're going to make their money off people. And so if you can make the multiplayer good, you can get people to buy the packs or whatever they were selling. Right. And so I figured if, if nothing else, the multiplayer will at least be good. Even the multiplayer was fucking boring. And that's the worst thing. Oh, God, what a total failure. That's the worst thing. You can't be boring. You know what I bet's not boring, Alex? What's that? Doom Eternal. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that is a really good game. I've been hearing good things about it. I just, I'm not in a rush to play it right now. The the single-player game I'm I'm currently trying to get through is Yakuza 0. Yeah. Um, That's pretty fun. I don't want to, I don't know what else to really say about it, but it's not... People think it's like a GTA game. It's not really a GTA game. It's more like a experience of the Japanese way of life. An experience of the Japanese way of life. Yes, yes. If you were a Japanese, if you were a mobster. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll. You said it's on Game Pass, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I'm actually going to download it and play it. But if this, if this, you know, self-isolation goes on long enough, 
you might finally break down and play a new game. So, do, Alex. Now, do, go ahead. I'm sorry. Please. Technical specs. Technical specs. Did you ever have a chance to really look here at the Xbox One? Or sorry, I blew the name already. Wow. Marketing issues. The Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 and how they compare. I, I'm pulling it up right now. There's a pay, there's a there's a thing on Digital Foundry that you can pull up an article. So basically, the long and short of it here is that the Xbox Series X is pretty much more powerful across the board, except the SSD in the PS5 is dramatically better. But you know they're probably only going to be able to really flex that particular muscle in their first party stuff because right. if you're you know, if you're a third-party developer, you can't design a game that only works if the SSD is twice as good. Right. Um, so, you know, we might see some, like, crazy shit potentially out of, you know, um, Guerrilla Games or something. But other than that, you know, maybe something with Horizon will just be unbelievable on the PS5. Something with the open world. Yeah. In relation to how it streams in assets. Yeah. But, uh... More than the the specs themselves, which are interesting. I mean, they're very powerful systems, especially the Series X. If the Series X comes in at 500, that's going to be a steal. <laughs> I mean, this system, we're talking about if you were trying to build a system of this type out of PC parts, you're talking about a $1,100, $1,200 system. Yeah. So um, obviously that won't be the price when it comes to the consoles because that would be suicide. But... If they can actually deliver this thing at $500, and, and that's been one of Phil Spencer's big talking points, is he is determined to never let Sony beat them again on power and on price. So if the PS5 is 500 I don't think the Series X is going to be more than $500, um, even if they have to take a loss. Yeah. Well, I mean, Microsoft... Um famously took a $125 loss on every original Xbox. So it wouldn't be the first time. Um, and they might, and then now they might view it as a loss leader. Like, Hey, you know, look, we're going to take a loss on some systems, but we're going to get every one of these people signed up for game pass and gold. Yeah. Holy shit. The IO throughput is difference is crazy. Yeah. It's pretty redonkulous on the PS five, but even on the, Xbox Series X, though, we're still talking about a massive speed increase over a 5,400 RPM hard drive, which yeah. is what developers have been dealing with forever. Yeah. It is interesting that um, the Series X has uh, two different memory bandwidths. Um, right. That's kind of interesting, but... Yeah, they said they said their, their, um, their outlook on it is that the slower RAM they'll use for stuff like audio stuff that doesn't need to be delivered like super quickly. They can mm -hmm. just sit there. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that they have, you know, they have this 10 gigs of memory that is faster than the PS five's memory, but then they have another six gigs that's slower than the PS five's memory. Yeah. Um, and it's just such a weird split 10 and six. Um, but Okay. 
Yeah, I mean these specs are. I mean, I think here here's the best here's the best line. Backwards compatibility. <laughs> well, into you. Okay, so there has been some stuff about that. So we could this is actually be a good talking point. Um, they Sony did this thing the other day, and it was such bad marketing. <laughs> Like, I don't know who approved this, but you usually don't see Sony do stuff that's this dumb related to the PlayStation specifically, because that is their big money maker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the game developers conference got canceled. And yep. I think what they essentially decided to do was, well, you know, Mark Cerny, the lead guy on the system, we're going to instead of having him talk in front of a bunch of developers, we're just going to stream it on YouTube. Which is fine, but I think they needed to do a better job of maybe setting expectations and telling people like, hey, look, he's just going to talk about the specs of the system. It's going to be fucking technical. It's going to be boring, you know, (laughs) and they instead, I feel like they kind of hyped it up a little bit for a day. Mm -hmm. And then he walked out there and proceeded to bore everyone to tears about what's actually some pretty exciting stuff. Um, but just, it's like Mark Cerny's got one of those voices. I can't even pretend to do it, but he's very dry and monotone and, um, speaks in a certain slow cadence. And he's, he's one of those people that you can tell it's like, you're fucking talking to a genius, but he's explaining things to you. And you're like, dude, this is so over my head. Yeah. I know you know what you're talking about, but I don't have a fucking clue what you're talking about. And whereas Microsoft, I feel like, has been more of um show than tell. Like, they've been telling. You know, they've been like, hey, look, here's our fucking awesome specs and look how powerful our system is. But they've also been like, look, you know, you're going to be able to, you know, store four games in memory and load them up instantly and not have to quit out of them. And look how much faster State of Decay 2 loads on the Series X versus the Xbox One. Yeah. You know, so I feel like they've been out there kind of showing what's better about the system. Um, And they even said, I think they said, yeah. So they've got some sort of machine learning going on that's going to apply HDR to old games that don't have them. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, so they, they've been kind of like showing stuff like that. Whereas Sony explained like, well, look, the reason why an SSD is going to be great is because normally on a, on a traditional hard drive, data is stored on different parts of the platter and then it has to go seek out that data, which takes a very long time. It's like, dude, <laughs> no one cares. Just tell me it's going to be faster. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because, I mean, you need that guy, like, on a side panel for people who are, like, who are who are the nerds who want to know it. But the vast majority of people who just want to know, it's fast. <laughs> And here's how fast. Whoa. Um, so and so what I was getting to, I just remembered and I derailed myself is um, during that con- during that thing, they talked about, well, you know, in terms of backwards compatibility, the PS5 will be able to play. They made it sound like it would be like limited backwards compatibility, like um, 
you know, the PS5 would be able to play about 100 games. Like they said, like the top 100 games would be PS4 games would be playable on the PS5. Yeah, I saw that. That sounded weird. And that's not exactly what's going on. They're just their messaging was really bad. They clarified later. It sounds like what's going to happen is um, the PS5 will be able to play like most if not all ps4 games in what they're calling this legacy mode which is essentially down down throttling the system to you know just replicate a ps4 rather than trying to improve the games in any way and then there will be certain games which will run in this boost mode i think which is where they'll do the stuff that microsoft is doing of like okay we're gonna you know, 4x the resolution or something like that, or increase the frame rate on games that can support it. Yeah. Um, whereas Microsoft is more going with a no, we're going to improve every game across the board because we've built out this great emulator. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I think you're you're bonkers in 2020 to release a system that doesn't have backwards compatibility. Um. My, because Microsoft did it with the X, um, or the One, rather, um, it's almost like if you don't do it, you're going to be at a huge competitive disadvantage. And it, it makes sense. Like, I understand back, you know, in a different time that if you had backwards compatibility, the publishers don't like it because, you know, that's a potential that they could sell you a copy of the game for the new system. Um, Todd Howard really wants you to buy Skyrim again. Oh yeah. Todd Five Howard, times. when he hears about backwards compatibility, he probably starts cutting himself. He just gets <laughs> so mad. Um, he has to let out the pain somehow, Bob. Skyrim's got to be the most ported game of all time, right? What about Resident Evil 4? I was thinking about that too. RE4, Erica? That's close. Um, They've both been ported a shitload. Can I play either of them on my phone yet? Uh, RE4, I'm pretty sure you could play on your phone. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can. It I won't think be there's a fun actually experience. a mobile version of Skyrim, too. I bet you I could play it on my phone through Stadia. Um, But yeah, I mean, to your point... If you're, this is like such a great selling point of the Series X of, hey, you don't have to leave your shit behind. You're just going to log on to your profile and everything that currently works on the Xbox One. So all the backwards compatible 360 and original Xbox games and all your Xbox One games are just going to work on the Series X. And not only are they going to work, but they're all going to be better. Well, and that's the thing, because, I, I mean, like, some of the 360 backwards compatible games did run a little chunky. Like, if now you're moving up to, yet, uh, you know, another higher tier of hardware, you know, maybe even those that 360 chunkiness goes away. And, right. you know, depending on how it's architected, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, games built for the one don't even need to run in an emulator necessarily. They just need, you know, like a, a, a small piece of software for, uh, for hardware acceleration or something like that. Um, 
they might be running. I don't know, but yeah, I don't because th- that's the thing. I'm like, assuming they're all running in the emulator, but I don't know. Yeah, but that so that was the big problem Sony had is for the PlayStation Three, they went insane and in put in that stupid cell arch- architecture, which at the time probably made a lot of sense um, and gave them some advantages. Um, but you know, in, you know, years later, you can see some of the disadvantage, but you know, if I would be so much like, I don't like having 50 boxes under my TV. Um, yes, I could go and play my PlayStation three. I could, I never will because I don't want to. I I would just rather have the one box that's hooked up. You know, I, I don't even like having an Xbox and a PlayStation cuz it just complicates things, it makes things more expensive. Um yeah, I don't think I'm going to get the PS5 this time around. Um maybe at like the end of the generation when it's ultra cheap or something, but I don't I don't think I'm going to because, you know, I played some games I really loved on the PS4, right? I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn, one of my favorite games of the whole generation. Bloodborne, one of my favorite games of the whole generation. I played some really great games on the PS4. But I also kind of don't mind waiting to play those games. Yeah. And if, especially now, if like, say, you know, three years later, whatever it's going to be, their exclusives are going to start coming to PC. I don't mind waiting. Now, Um, I feel like when the new horizon comes out, that's going to be hard for me to not. Oh, you're going to go bonkers to find a way to play that. But here's the thing, Alex, what we could do is we could go half season a PS five. Share it, share it. Because we're never gonna, you're never gonna play that online. <laughs> plus, plus, realistically, that's just gonna end up being my PS5 because you're only gonna want to play it like once every six years. Yeah, there you go. This, this is actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> I'm actually in on this idea. I'll let you have it for when Horizon Two comes out, and you can just play that for a weekend for 48 hours, and then it's just my PS5. Wow, Bob. The handshake agreement. Right. <laughs> but, you know, and there are going to be really good games that come out for for the PS5. Well, and, Bo- and Bob, let's hold on. Let's Bob math this. If we oh, sell my PS4 Pro and your PS4 towards this fucking shared PS5, shit, we'll probably break even on the whole endeavor. <laughs> Bob math. Hashtag. I, I do have to keep my PS4 though for Rock Band, oh. <laughs> but because it, it was uh, I was playing that the other night. But I, uh, and we and I haven't. I thought it might be fun for Izzy for for me to be playing that because you know I could sing along to, with it to her and whatever. And she kind of enjoyed it, but I haven't booted that up in for ever so of course there was you know the countless updates that needed to happen and then i actually started playing one of the songs and i released my fingers and the keys just stayed stick stuck down (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like that's disgusting oh what oh come on 
um, the one guitar just doesn't work anymore. Uh, it won't connect to the dongle. It was, it was like, okay, this stuff's getting a little, uh, long in the tooth here. Hey, hey, Bob, did you know that if you take like a regular computer keyboard, yeah, you can throw it in the dishwasher, do a cold cycle with no soap. Yep. And get your keyboard really clean. As long as you let it dry out, it'd be totally fine. I've heard this. I'm hesitant to do it, but I've heard this. I mean, you got to be okay with not having your keyboard for a week, you know, assuming you, hopefully you have another keyboard. Or I something. can't tell you how many keyboards I have upstairs. <laughs> so you're good. <laughs> so you have, you have actually, you have all the keyboards you could test this on. That's true. You've got, you, you're making a good point here, Alex. <laughs> Um, um, I had one more thing about rock band because it, it pissed me off. Um, so I, I, I am a huge Foo Fighters fan. Um, and so I've had every Foo Fighters song that could, you could get for a rock band since it was available. And, um, I, I was logging on when I was playing the other night, you know, I usually will play a few songs and then I'll play Everlong later because you need to warm up to Everlong. Ever it's not like a really difficult guitar song um on Rock Band, but it's hard enough you need to warm up to it. So I played mm-hmm. a few songs and then I go to look for Everlong. Alex, I've played Everlong on Rock Band hundreds of times. And I can't find it. It's gone. <laughs> they get pulled out of the game for licensing issues. It got pulled out of the game because it's part of a DLC pack for Rock Band 4. So Everlong was actually originally on Rock Band 2. So when you, um, when one of the things they did with Rock Band was if you bought the new, the new game, you could import the songs from the old game. Not all of them, but most of them. So Everlong came from Rock Band 2. Um, and I definitely had it on uh, Rock Band 4. But at some point, they removed it. And mm-hmm. I am just absolutely livid about the whole thing. <laughs> Devastated. I was just fucking furious. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I know I bought the color and the shape, the full album. And then I, I, like, I legitimately went and started doing research on this to try and figure out. Because I'm like, am I actually going crazy? Like, did I make this all up? No. Um, But I think the problem, you know, I can't find other people who have this issue. Um, And probably because they're just dummies and bought the new DLC um, right away. But so I'm furious and the new DLC is like 30 bucks. I'm not going to buy that. Oh, fuck that. Fuck that. I mean, I can get the one song if I, you know, I can get Everlong for two bucks, but I shouldn't even have to pay the two bucks. Right. So, fuck you, harmonics. Rock, rock band. Or no, no, Guitar Hero was the one Activision just ran into the ground. Yeah. That yeah. was an Activision run it into the ground endeavor. They love that. They love doing that shit to everything. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it. It was always kind. Of, it was a niche game. It got really popular for a minute, 
But there are still people who enjoy playing it. And, like, I will pop it on like I did the other night occasionally. Not often. Um, but, you know, it's just the, the business model needs to be different now because you're not you're not getting um, people who are going to go out and buy plastic instruments, you know, once a year. Um, it's really got to be, like, it's really got to be focused on DLC and adding new music. Because yeah. what what advancements are you going to make to get it to actually be worth interest people to buy a new version of the game? You know, they did do um, a few years ago. They did a version of the game where you plugged in a, a controller that was much more like a real guitar, um, but you know that went nowhere because that required actual talent and um practice and <laughs> no you can't do that so now this will be interesting because right now you're talking about you know maybe you need to keep your ps4 to keep rock band working yeah and this is where microsoft right now has done a great job of messaging because it's like hey your xbox one accessories are going to keep working with the series x so if you have a headset you have a controller yep. you have a peripheral whatever whatever works with the xbox one is going to work on the series x and to this point sony has not said anything about this so you don't know what is or isn't going to work from the ps4 to the ps5 yeah so microsoft has been doing a really good job of making you feel like hey i'm being rewarded for being in this ecosystem rather than being punished oh yeah i you know it kind of makes me wonder how microsoft is getting away with it because you know the peripheral makers got to be pissed. Because um, they would love the opportunity to resell you a bunch of things you already have. Yeah, they would literally resell you the same headset, but with a new driver in it. Yeah. <laughs> or much. or not even not even a new driver, just a little piece of software that says, "Yeah, it'll work on the Xbox One X." <laughs> like it didn't even need anything. Um. <clears throat> But the Xbox Series X, Bob. Series the Xbox Series, Series X. X. This is hard. The sex. I'm just the sex. The, the sex. sex box. We're just gonna say sex because that's easier. The Series yeah. X. God, Microsoft. Could you? Every they've done so. They much haven't done. Right. They haven't done everything perfectly. They've done so much right. Could they just do the name right? Oh man. Did you ever watch the video of the YouTuber putting the Series X together? No. Oh, it's actually pretty cool the way the um, internals are all set up. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So an interesting thing, and I I know I've brought this up on the podcast in the past, but I'm going to bring it up again. We've never done that before. No, never. Um, Going into the next generation, um, you know, there's a very good chance, depending on where we are at the end of the year, you know, we probably – we might not buy the Series X. I think we'd probably lean towards not. Um, purely because, like we said early in this podcast, you know, we're just trying to watch our money. Um, but you never know. We don't know where we're going to be. Um, but what the the fact that you'll be able to plop it in place and just have it work and, and like transfer everything over, that's a huge upgrade like that's a big selling point and 
the um, what's funny about the whole thing is like I'm in the Xbox ecosystem now. I have Game Pass for another year and a half already paid for, and yeah. Xbox Live. Um, I, you know, I get on the party with you guys and chat with you guys. And even though I don't usually play Overwatch because, you know, being miserable um, isn't appealing to me. How um, dare you? Um, you know, it's still nice to be on the chat and talk with y'all. So it's like at this point, I'm in an ecosystem. I, you know, it would take a lot for me to move. And what it all really comes back to is... The PS4 Pro did not have a 4K Blu-ray player. If the PS4 Pro had had a 4K Blu-ray player, I undoubtedly would have bought that instead of the Xbox One X. And Sony had the... It's their license. (laughs) Yeah, it's their technology. So, um... You know, and I don't know how many people fit into that bucket like me. I mean, you know, probably not that many, but I do think it's funny that Sony has now lost out on a good portion of cash, for me at least, all because they were too cheap to put the 4K Blu-ray player into PS4 Pro. Well, you have anything else? I feel like we've been going for a good long while. Uh, the recorder is saying an hour 52, but there's a good amount that needs to be cut out of this. No, episode. we're not going to be editing out 20 or 30 minutes. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, we lost Erica probably, what, 45 minutes ago? So She would have been bored to tears anyway with this discussion, so it's okay. But... You know, we were going to talk about AEW, but, you know, Eric is over there now. Womp womp. Oh, wait, no, we do have to talk about something real quick about AEW. The fuck was Cody thinking with that neck tattoo? I don't think he was thinking. (laughs) There's no way he was. It's... There's a picture when he from the day he got the tattoo, and I think it's when they first, like, you know, he was looking at in a mirror or something and you could see the look in that man's eyes and it was a look of disappointment <laughs> and he knew he knew he had made a mistake but you can't admit you've made a mistake once you go all in like that no no you can't like that's something like if you're gonna get a neck tattoo like you gotta have that like painted on first and you gotta walk around and be like yeah, I'm happy with this. Let's go ahead and... Well, when people first saw it, they thought it was like a temporary tattoo. And there was like, no, it's real. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> His wife does not sound happy. I mean... Why know, would like... she be? It's so bad. I just, in general, I'm... Almost without exception, not a fan of any tattoo that you can see when you're wearing clothing. Like, it's just, I mean, I'm not a tattoo guy in general, but if you're wearing a collared shirt to like a business meeting and your tattoos are showing, you got problems. 
Like, I'm looking at it now and, like, looking at a picture of it. It's like looking into the sun. It's like, what were you thinking? I don't know. I... Hey, I mean, you know, do what you want. I can't argue with anything the guy's doing. It's all been working for him lately, so it's probably going to work somehow. It's like Vince McMahon. The ratings go down, money goes up. Uh, it, and it's because he, you know, he's got he's got the dusty tattoo on his pack. Yeah, but uh-huh. you know, he doesn't have like he, you know a lot of other tattoos, so. Subtle Interference, the episode where Bob carefully inspects Cody Rhodes' body. (laughs) This episode has changed. (laughs) This has gone way off the rails. But, no, it's... it's, Subtle Interference, Bob's fetishes, up next. It's just, like, how are you ever going to... Like, how could you look at him and, and, like, not, like... It's like... You know, the person who has a weird deformity and, like, you don't want to look because it's rude, but you can't can't not. It's like, (sighs) although I did appreciate Jericho calling him out. He just got that stupid neck tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Ask Erica, has she forgiven Jericho? For when she had, uh, or when he had Donald Trump Jr. on the podcast. Um, Alex wants to know if you've forgiven Jericho for having Trump Jr. on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard that, but. Um, I heard it. We heard it. Yeah. It, it was, it was. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got. Well, the audio quality on this probably isn't going to be spectacular, but I think it's good enough that we could maybe finally do the challenge episode we've been teasing forever with my cousin. We, you know, we absolutely have to. And, um, and, and my buddy, Sam, who does our, uh, the uh, improvised weapons podcast on Team Puma Knife uh, was sharing some uh, ideas for what he does with his remote folks um, that we could also implement. Um, though I have a feeling once I take this audio off and uh, you know do a little cleaning, it might be fine. Um, but I do hate bad audio, so we'll see. Yeah, I think um, everyone does. Either way, um, I am looking forward to the challenge, and I would love to get. Uh, your cousin on uh, to chat about it. Um, And I really hope, um, you know, it doesn't end up with like all of the greats uh, eliminated in the first, in the first three episodes. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be bad. Who was it that tweeted that out? Um, As long as like Johnny bananas isn't eliminated right away. I thought um, I thought one of the funniest things, funniest tweets I've seen in this whole coronavirus situation is, you know, every year WWE completely fudges the attendance numbers on WrestleMania. No. So I saw. No, I know. So I saw someone tweet 
WWE needs to have, this is before they said they were doing WrestleMania from the Performance Center. He said, WWE needs to have uh, WrestleMania in an empty stadium and then claim 100,000 people were there. <laughs> no, no, no. When they claim 100,000 people were at the Performance Center, that, that'll be even better. <laughs> that would be great. It's just part of the show, folks. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, I don't have anything you know, else. Thanks for being here in your home and my home. Oh, Ooh, I know. changing it up. And hug me. Hold me tight. This has been a Puma Knife production. <laughs>